Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, You Asked, What's Next? Presented by Pastor Alan Moss on July 24th, 2016. Good morning, y'all. How are y'all doing today? Good. You ever get that feeling sometimes you feel like you're the fly looking at the fly swatter getting ready to hit you? <laughs> Man, I do. <laughs> uh, that's one of these times <laughs> is is today. Um, you know, we knew I knew quite a while back, probably about a month or so, I guess a month, that uh, I would be continuing our ser- ser- series of You Asked, and I knew what I'd be talking on, and and so I kind of worked on it, and I had it all pretty much laid out uh, until this week, uh, and I don't know, it just, Monday, you know, I started thinking about it, and thinking about it, and going back over it, and kind of struggling with it, and thinking, well, maybe that's not, you know, what I want to do, and stuff like that, and, you know, Tuesday got a little bit harder, and then Wednesday rolled along, and I got a a phone call from a friend that was kind of struggling, and talked about that, and uh, then uh, Thursday got a phone call, and went through some other stuff, and then yesterday as well, so, you know, I... I guess Thursday I decided, you know what, God, obviously you don't want me to talk about what I had written down. You know, so I kind of started over, and uh, so bear with me on that. But, uh, you know, God has a way of of telling you what he wants you to say. You know, uh, no matter sometimes how, how well organized you think you are, God sometimes says, you know what, that's not what I want. Uh, and so I kind of changed everything, and... Um, you know, the question that we're here today to talk about is what's next? You know, and that's, that's kind of a tough subject because we have to talk about death. You know, and sometimes death isn't an easy thing to talk about. You know, uh, oh, and before we got going, I got, a, I got an email from Floyd, so I got to tell you this joke. Uh, so if it's not funny, you guys need to rip him because... You know, uh, it, it's his joke, okay, but I, I promised him I would tell it. You know, he was all excited about this joke, so, uh, but I did change it, so, uh, just the names of it. So, you got Floyd and Jason, since they're not here, so you have Floyd and Jason, and they're arguing about whether there's baseball in heaven, you know, and, and Jason is arguing, yes, there's baseball in heaven, and Floyd's saying, no, there's not. Uh, and all of a sudden, Jesus appears to him. So they say, well, let's ask Jesus. They said, Jesus, you know, is there baseball in heaven? Jason says there is, and I said there's not. You know, he says, well, I got good news and bad news for both of you. And Floyd said, well, what's that? And he said, well, Floyd, the bad news for you is that there is baseball in heaven. You know, and Jason was, yes, 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 yes. He said, yep, that's the good news for you, Jason. And Jason said, well, then what's the bad news for me? And Jesus looked at Jason and said, you're pitching tomorrow. <laughs> so <laughs> so y'all, y'all get Floyd on that. <laughs> but I promised him I would tell that joke. Uh, but, you know, we do struggle with what's next. 
You know, we really do uh, because of the subject that it talks about. And if you really stop and think about it, death surrounds each and every one of us. And actually, death is something that's unavoidable. We are all going to face it sooner or later. Now, there's no age limit on when that might come and when that might happen to you. Uh, But it's an unavoidable fact. It's as much as life as life is itself. You can't run from it. You can't hide from it. You can't do anything to change the fact that you're going to die here on this earth. You know, and as I, I researched it and I kind of prepared, you know, Thursday and, and, and Thursday night late, I was up and uh, way past my bedtime of 10 o'clock. Uh, if you guys know me, I'd, I'd go to bed usually around 2 a.m. or so. Uh, so I was up and I was, I was researching it and all like this. And I'm going to tell you what, I started thinking about, you know, what's next. And I looked on, I hit the Google deal and said, okay, what's, you know, theories of what's next. And oh my gosh, I thought like 10 was going to come up. There's like a thousand different theories of what happens after you die. I mean, it's in some of them, I got news for you. Some of them are out there like you wouldn't believe. You know, a few of them, I got to tell you a few of them. There's one theory that when we die, we become like little particles and we float around the cosmos looking for a place to land. That's actually a theory by somebody that says he's this top-notch scientist. You know, and I was like, wow, that's out there. You know, and then, of course, you have reincarnation, where if you die, you come back as somebody else. You know, and I started reading a little bit about certain pe- you know, people saying, well, I, I, I know who I was, and I know who I was, and I know who I was. And what was so amazing about all that is none of them, you know, said in my previous life I was a sleazeball murderer, thief, robber. No, huh? It was always I was this and something really cool, you know, and I'm like, well, then where did all those people come from? You know, somebody's got to have been them if that's the truth. You know, and then I read one that was really out there, and I was talking to Matt and uh, Jeff this morning. But there's one that says that uh, we, when we die, if, if we're like here, if we're a human, when we die, we come back as an animal. And if we're an animal, we come back as a human when animals dies. And I'm thinking, you know, that might be right because I've been called another word for a donkey quite a bit so maybe those people knew me as in a previous life or something you know but it's just they're just weird you know and then the one that that kind of freaked me out the most because a religion is actually based on it is there's one that says when we get when we die we just hit play again you know and you go through your life again to see if you're going to make the right choices and supposedly you just keep doing that over and over until you make all the right choices. You know, and I'm thinking, man, if that's true, I'm never going to die <laughs> because there ain't no way I'm going to make the right choice every single second of, of my life. You know, so as I was reading all those, I was like, man, alive, they're just so far out there. Then I asked the question to myself, why? Why do people have all these different theories and ideas of what's next. You know, what is next? You know, and I met with Carol McDonald this week, 
And something she said kind of triggered me to kind of to look for it. And I started thinking, you know what? I think the real reason people are always looking for something else is because of two things. One, they don't want to accept the truth. And two, is they don't want to humble themselves. See, we have egos. Man thinks we're all it. And they don't understand that we're not. In the grand scheme of things, we are a little bitty sand pebble to our God. And he loves us with everything he's got, but we're not all that. And we don't want to humble ourselves to realize that. See, in reality, what's next is really a pretty easy question because the answer is in this book right here. That's it. It's not fancy. It's not mind-blowing, but it's right here. See, in reality, when we die here, there's only two places we're going to go. That's it. There's not a thousand different theories. We're not going to re- be reincarnated. We're not going to hit the play button again, again, like my granddaughter says when the movie stops. Push play, push play. We're not going to do any of that. There's two places we're going to go. One is heaven, and one is hell. Whether we like it or not, that's it. We have a hard time with that. We have a hard time with it. Sometimes, even as Christians, we want to believe in heaven, but we have a hard time believing in hell. But I got news for you. Hell is real. It, it is mentioned in the Old Testament all the way through to the end of the New Testament. It is mentioned in the Bible over and over and over again. It talks about hell. It's a real place. And the reality is, <clears throat> we are not promised any tomorrows. God never said, I promise you're going to live tomorrow and the next day and the next day. He never said that. But he does promise us eternal life. But that could be good or bad, depending on you, where are you are with him. We think eternal life only, only goes with heaven. Oh, I'm going to have eternal life, and I'm going to walk the streets of gold, and I'm going to be great in heaven. But I got news for you. Hell is eternal also. There isn't a check-in and check-out card. There isn't a short time where you're in hell. It's just as eternal as heaven. Period. And we sometimes don't want to face the truth of that right there. So we try to make up all this stuff of what life after death really is. Why? We do not want to humble ourselves in front of God. We don't want him to take over our lives. We don't want to get on our knees and pray to him. So there's got to be more out there. I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but there's not. There's heaven and there's hell. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Luke. If not, it will be on the screen. But in Luke chapter 16, starting with verse 19, it says this. 
I think I'll read it up there because I can see it better. Hey, I'm getting old. My eyes are getting bad. But it says, There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared, and I have no idea what that word is. I think it's good. Something. Real well. There you go. Fared real well every day. Keep going. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate. Desired to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torment in Hades, which is hell, he lifted up his eyes and he saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, and Matt's going to like this, Son, because I say son, that's, my, that's, that's me right there. Son, remember that in your lifetime, you received your good things, and likewise, Lazarus, evil things. But now he is comforted, and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed. So, so those that who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those pass from there pass to us. Then he said, I beg you, therefore, Father, that you would send him into my father's house. Guys, when you're in hell, there's no return. You're there. And it's a place of pain. It's a place of torment. It's a place of suffering. Sometimes in the Bible, it's, it's referred to gnashing of teeth, fire. It's not a place you want to go. But you're there forever. And right there, Jesus said, you can look up. And you can see heaven, but you can't touch it. Now, I don't know about you, but that's even more torment than anything. It's like that kid in the candy window, you know, when he's looking inside and he wants that toy or he wants that candy, but he can't get to it. There's a piece of glass right there. He can't reach that, and he'll never be able to reach that. That's how hell is. It's not a place you want to go. It's eternal and it's pain. We think we have pain on this earth, not even close to what we'll have there. Not even close. So hell is real. And that's one of your options. What's next could be hell. That's it. That could be what's next for you. I don't know. Only you and God know that. But that could be one of your options right there. It's real. It's forever. 
I mean, I can't say enough bad things about it. It's going to be your worst nightmares over and over and over and over and over. There is no stop button. There is no pause button. There is no repeat. There is no nothing. You're there for eternally. That's option one. There is another option. Option two. What's next? If it's not hell, where is it? It's heaven. Now, as bad as hell is, heaven is that good. I think that's sometimes what we got to comprehend. As bad as hell could be, heaven is that much better. Thank you, Carrie. Sometimes we forget that. And sometimes we forget that Jesus has made us a promise over and over and over again that that's our options. You know, at the Last Supper, it always amazes me that at the Last Supper, all Jesus constantly did was try to, to, to basically teach and love on his disciples. Even though he knew what was going to happen, that's what he did. Constantly tried to make them feel good about themselves. Tried to make them not worry. See, sometimes death scares us. Even though we know what's next, it still scares us. Even as Christians, it scares us. You know, you guys have heard me say before that if, you know, I I feel like I've lived a blessed life. With everything that I've ever done, I feel like my 50-something years has just been so blessed. I never dreamed I would have got this far. And... I'm ready to go if God calls me home because I know what's next for me. But I got news for you. I don't want to go today. I'm still scared of death. But it's the reasons that I'm scared of death. See, I'm not scared because I don't know what's next for me. I'm scared basically because I don't want to leave anybody behind. I'm scared for my loved ones. You know, I want to see my grandchildren grow. I'm worried about them. Who's going to take care of them, even though they will be taken care of? I still, that fears me. That puts, that puts fright in me. That scares me. That's what I'm scared of. I want to spend as much time with Carrie as I can. She's my hot mama. But I want to spend as much time with her as possible. And being away from her scares me. And that fear is okay. That fear of your loved ones, that's okay. Mourning your lost, that's okay. You know, sometimes, you know, Christians say, well, you're not supposed to mourn a loved one, you're supposed to rejoice. Man, I think you should do both. You should mourn them because you're not going to have that time to break bread with them at that time. But you should rejoice if you know where they're going. 
You know, and Jesus promises us something in, in the book of John. In the book of John, chapter 14, it says this. I'll read it from here. It says, let not your heart be troubled. See, he's telling them right there, guys, don't worry about it. If you know where you're going next, don't let your heart worry about that. Don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Now that is a promise from our Savior. He is promising right there, guys, if you believe in me, I'm building you a mansion. And guess what? You're going to be with me. That's your eternal life. You're going to be there. Now, he had talked to them about hell. They knew about hell as well. You will have eternal life. And right there, you believe in me, you will have eternal life in paradise. Isn't that what he told the guy on the cross? Does anybody remember that? When the guy on the cross looked at him and said, you know, Father, just, just remember me. And what did Jesus say to him? No, 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 no. I'm going to do better than that. You're going to be in paradise with me. See, that's the beauty of it. And all you got to do is humble yourself. Accept him as your personal savior. Give your life to him. And he's made you a promise. I've got you a mansion. All you have to do is take the keys. That's all you have to do. No rent, no mortgage, no nothing. Just take the keys. That's all we have to do. Now, sometimes that's hard, and we struggle with that because we don't, we give in our sin nature, and once again, we always think it's about us. But it's not. See, it's never been about us. It really hasn't. It's about Him. It's about your relationship with Him. If you want to go to hell and you want to be tormented forever, because hell is forever, that's your call. If you want a mansion, if you want to see the streets of gold and it's described as heaven as this beautiful place, and you want to walk with Christ, and you want to see God's face and hear God's voice and see the angels, it's right here. Because the end of that verse says, and where I go you know, and you and the way you already know. See, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He tells you that over and over again. And, you know, and in Romans, when Paul says the wages of sin is death, you think he's talking about death here? Because I got news for you. If, if every time somebody sinned, they died, I don't think anybody would be here today. I know I wouldn't be here today. I think this place would be empty. But what Paul is saying there is just as much as Christ is saying you have eternal life, he's reminding them death is also eternal. But it's up to you. 
It's really up to you. You know, this... This week, there's been, you know, uh, a lot of death, really. A lot of talk of death. Uh, some, some of you in here have lost loved ones. You know, family members. And it's hard to cope with sometimes. And, you know, I wish I could give you something that makes all the pain and suffering of this earth not there. But I can't. See, we will suffer here. And we will have pain here. All I can tell you is this. There is something better next. There really is. You know, and... (laughs) I kind of fall back to, you know, when I I really was preparing this, I kind of fell back to somebody I fall back to quite a bit. But, uh, you know, I just just was struggling, and and I'm still kind of struggling. And and I, I kept thinking, you know, is there somewhere that somebody really gets it in the Bible? You know, is there somewhere that somebody understands truly what death is other than Jesus, somebody I can relate to, you know, because I can't. And uh, God did what he always does. He kind of just plucks your head and says, think, 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 think. And I, you know, I went to a guy who I admire and I, I, you know, look at his life and, and, try to understand him and I I think he's probably I mean you know David had the heart of God you know it's a man after God's own heart you know and so I always kind of go to David when I'm I'm struggling with something you know that's who I kind of look to is, is David and David had a lot of struggles in his life he really did but I'm going to read something to you that uh I mean, it just stood out to me uh, big time. But in 2 Samuel chapter 12 in verse 15, or actually 13 and 15, it says this. I think it's, yeah. Then Nathan departed David's house, and the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bore to David. Now, if we remember correctly, David and Uriah, I mean, Uriah's wife was Bathsheba. And if you guys remember correctly, David had Uriah killed because he had, he had basically knocked up, you know, knocked her up for lack of a better word, I guess. You know, well, he did. You know, and he he didn't want to take responsibility for it at the time, so he tried every which way he could get. Well, sorry, for for Uriah to take the blame, and that didn't happen. So he actually got Uriah killed, if you remember correctly. Now this is David, you know, and you know. So the Lord struck that child 
that Uriah's wife bore to David, and it became ill. David therefore pleaded with God for the child, and David fasted, or fasted, and he went in and lay all night on the ground, praying for that child. So the elders of his house arose and went to him to raise him up from the ground, but he would not, nor did he eat with them. Then the, on the seventh day, so David laid there and prayed and didn't eat for seven days. Then on the seventh day, it came to pass that the child died. God took this child home. And the servants of David were afraid to tell him that the child was dead. For they said, indeed, while the child was alive, we spoke to him and he would not heed our voice. How can we tell him that the child is dead? He may do some harm. So they were afraid of David's reaction right there. I mean, I think I would be too. If a guy didn't eat or sleep for seven days because of that, I don't know if I'd have told him either. But they were that afraid of David at that time. But when David saw that his servants were whispering, David perceived that the child was dead. Therefore, David said to his servant, Is the child dead? And they said, Yes, he is dead. So David arose from the ground, washed and anointed himself, changed his clothes, and he went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he went to his own house, and he requested that they set food before him, and he ate. He got on with his life. He got on with his life. Right away, he got on with his life. Then his servant said to him, What is this that you have done? You fasted and you wept for the child while he was alive. But when the child died, you arose and you ate food. You acted like nothing. They were confused. Because David was just simply getting on with his life. And then David said to them, While the child was alive, I fasted and I wept. For I said, who can tell whether the Lord will be gracious to me that the child may live? But now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I think the next phrase just blew me away. Because when David said, can I bring him back again? No. I shall go to him. I shall go to him. David understands death. He knew the line. He knew he couldn't bring him back. He knew it was God's will, one way or another, whether that child would live or not. And if God chose to take that child, which he did, David knew, I shall go to him. I want you guys to think about that because it means so much more than David just saying, I shall go to him. You know what David is really saying right here, guys? I guess this is where I get excited. David is saying this, I know how to get to heaven. And I know that's the only place I'm going to see that loved one again, is there. He can't come back to me. I 
shall go to him. He's basically making a promise right there. I will follow God. I will give my life to God. I will sacrifice whatever I have to give my heart to him. I will humble myself to him. Why? So I can go to him. And I got news for you. I don't think he's just talking about that child. I think he's talking about God himself. I want to see him. So I shall go to him. He understood it's his choice where he's going to end up. It's no one else's. It's his. There is no better understanding than death than David right here. He knows it. He gets it. That's why he has the heart of God. He understands. I can't bring him back. I mourned while he was sick. But now, I shall go to him. You know, in a few minutes, we're going to have a baptism. And baptism is symbolizing, you know, it's, it's a commandment. It's a profession of our faith. But it also symbolizes death, just like David did right here. See, when you go under that water, you are buried with Christ. And when you arise, you are a new living thing. You are telling the world, I shall go to him. That's where I'm going. I shall go to him. That's who I've chosen. That's what you're doing. That's why we do it. It's a commandment and it's a profession of our faith. Every single person in here has lost a, lost a loved one. Everybody. God knows I've lost enough. Jeff lost a loved one this week. The McDonald's Bob went to be with God this week. We had a funeral for a 30-year-old yesterday in this church. Where do you choose? Where do you stand? The true answer of what's next for you, I don't know. If you want the truth, I can tell you about heaven. I can tell you about hell. I've told you how to get there. But what next for you? The honest answer, I don't know. Because it's not up to me. It's up to you. Nobody else. Where do you choose? I hope in your heart that you have a thousand tomorrows. But nobody has promised that. So I hope and I pray that in your heart you can say, I shall go to him.
when I leave this world, I shall go to him. That's a simple question that you need to ask yourself every day. Where are you going? You really want to know what's next for you? Ask yourself. Just remember, I hope you can choose. I shall go to him. And I hope and I pray that's your answer. Let's pray. Father, we just come to you today and we do want to humble ourselves, God. You know, death is so tough because it's, it's truly sometimes beyond our understanding. And there can be so many different things that we fear about death. God, I hope that everyone here today can, can say in their heart that they're, they shall come to you, that they know where they're going that they've given their lives and they've humbled themselves in your presence. Everybody is here. Lord, I ask that, you know, if, if anybody is here that is struggling with that and just struggling with death, that they understand that there, there's really only two places And we want to be with you. We want to be where there is no pain. No sorrow. No brokenness. We want to be where we can run. And and be like a child again. Have no worries. We want to be able to see your face, hear your voice, and know that you chose us and we chose you. Lord, I ask if there's anybody here that doesn't know you, that they step out and start that humbleness. pray right where they are that they they just leave it all on your your feet leave it on your altar if there's anybody here that's going through pain you've said bring it to me lay it at my feet let your heart not be troubled Lord if there's anybody here that has accepted you and and hasn't been baptized yet or or just wants to reaffirm and be baptized again, we ask that you give them the strength and the courage. We'll, We'll baptize them today. We'll rejoice. Because we know that they shall go to you.
people's hearts. You know what's in each and every one of our hearts. And we ask, Father, that you do not let anybody leave here today. Being able to say that they shall go to you. I shall go to him. We thank you, Father. We glorify your name. We thank you for everything you've given us. We thank you for every breath we take. And we thank you for providing a place where we can live eternally with you. Thank you for listening, and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Sol Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at solrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.